Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. So finally, a positive podcast right here. The Nets coming off, uh, I would say, a very convincing win. They were up 36 points at one point in this game against the Toronto Raptors. Ironically, the Nets played a closer game when Toronto was heavily injured. They had a lot of their guys back tonight. Siakam played a really nice fourth quarter. I feel like Van Vliet never plays well against the Nets, but I guess he had some moments. But yeah, the Nets win this one only by nine points. But as I said, they were up by 36 at one point in the second quarter. So for the Nets, I mean, the last time I talked to you guys was that last game versus Toronto. The Nets have won five of their last six since that point. They're actually above 500. And there was like this running joke that like, will the Nets ever get to 500? Because they've had like four other opportunities and they always lost those games. So now coming off that Toronto win, Indiana loss, Portland win, Orlando win, Washington win, and now Toronto win. The Nets have won five out of six. Yes, they're not playing the hardest teams. I completely get it. They will be tested on Sunday versus the Boston Celtics, who minutes ago just came off an overtime loss to the Heat. That was a great uh, game right there. So Boston will give us a good fight. I definitely do not doubt that for a second, and I don't expect to win that game. But um, if they do win that game... I might be back in on the Nets. I don't know. But yeah, a lot of positives to talk about. Um, TJ Warren made his season debut. He has not played in the NBA in a real game in 703 days, which I think was since the bubble. So, I mean, this guy hasn't played in forever. As I said, the Nets were up 36 at one point. They shot over 70% as a team at one point. They scored 70 points in the first half. That's the most for any half in this season for the Nets. Now, Edmund Sumner did sustain an injury. I forget what it was. I'll look up in a second. It's nothing like devastating, but something that might keep him out for a few games. So that sucked because he actually played really well. I think he had a couple steals and actually facilitated a bit this game. So tough time to see that. Of course, no Utah, no Ben, and now no uh, Sumner for Sunday's game versus Boston. But, you know, we still have uh, some, some pretty good supporting pieces Joe Harris is finally coming around, so we'll get into all that, but I hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like, always helps out. Five stars on the podcast, and let's get into it. Let's just start with the uh, team stats. We'll get to the individuals. Nets shot 53% on the day. They did take five less shots, which is a common theme. The Nets sometimes have a rebounding issue, as we know. But uh, 11 of 32 from three, they were 5% better from Toronto, who only shot 29% from three. And I feel like a lot of that was when the you know Raptors hit some shots in the fourth quarter. Gary Trent started to heat up as he tends to do versus Brooklyn. The Nets got out-rebounded by two, which is not terrible. Toronto beat them 11 to seven in offensive boards. Nets beat them by two on the defensive boards. 27 assists for Brooklyn. I think they had 19 in the first half, which is insane. That's like ridiculous. You're on pace for 38 assists in an entire game. Nets had five blocks. I think Claxton had a couple. He had a really nice one on uh, Siakam, help defense, and he came over from the weak side. And Claxton's been ver very good at that this year. Nets had 18 turnovers, so. Not a number you love to see, but I do think a lot of that came in the second half. I'm trying to think how many they had in the first half. I don't think it was that many, so I feel like a lot of that came in the second half. Fast break points, Nets by 10, 18 to 8. Points in the paint, Raptors by 8, 58 to 50. The Nets' largest lead once again was 36. The Raptors' largest lead, zero. So, yeah, the Nets had to lead the whole game. And I love games like this. I have said that before. I've probably said it about the Giants, too, on my other, you know, Giants channel. Um, but I love games 
where like my team is dominating. I don't like to sweat out these games and just have to be nervous the whole time. I'd rather win by 50 every night. And maybe it gets boring once in a while, but realistically, no team is that dominant where they're going to win every game by 50 points. So I definitely love these type of wins. All right, let's jump into the box score. We'll talk about these players performances from tonight and we'll also talk about the past few games because as I said I have not talked to you guys about the Nets in like five or six games now so it's been a bit of time here so KD played 38 minutes which I was really hoping they would not have to put him back in in the uh, in the fourth quarter not second half fourth quarter um, KD had 29 minutes entering the fourth quarter and I'm saying to myself, like, they were up, like, 23 at one point. I'm like, please just bring the lead to, like, 28, 30. I don't want KD back in the game if he doesn't need to be. And, of course, Toronto made the comeback, and, you know, KD had to come back in. But what I love about this game for the Nets is that they weren't over-reliant on KD. I feel like a lot of times with the Nets, though, there's certain games where the role players are not doing enough, and even Kyrie Irving sometimes, where it just seems like it's all Kevin Durant, and the only chance we have of winning these games is if Kevin Durant just goes like nuclear and scores like 45 like he did in the last game versus... Uh, that was a Washington game, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Durant tonight was only 6 of 10. You know, it's not bad, of course, but 17 points. Did have 9 rebounds. Did have 7 assists. Had 2 blocks. I thought he played pretty good defense. I think Katie's had a really good defensive year. Of course, you know, guy being a veteran at that age, there are times he takes plays off. All right, it is what it is. But I would say when Katie really wants to you know, get locked in. He has been very good on the defensive end this year, and he has been fighting for some tough rebounds. There were a couple tonight and even some in the previous games where KD had to fight for some boards. These are not like, you know, the nine rebounds looks nice, but it's not like he's just getting them and there's nobody around him. Some of these rebounds are definitely tough to get, and I do like seeing that everyone in the starting lineup had over five rebounds. Um, Joe had five, Kyrie had five, Claxton nine, Royce eight, KD nine. So, Nobody with over 10, but a lot of guys between that 5 and 9 range. So some good team rebounding there for Brooklyn. And I still think they will get some type of, um, you know, reinforcements. You know, of course, Ben Simmons will come back, hopefully. But um, I do think this team does need a big man at some point. I don't know who that's going to be, obviously. But I, I do think Sean Marks has to see what's going on here. And there will be specific matchups and even playoff series to look way ahead where the Nets are going to need somebody. That, like, that, that's why I liked having Andre Drummond last year. He was a headache at times, don't get me wrong, and there's times where it's like, all right, Drummond cannot play in this game or even this series, and that's kind of what happened with Boston. Um, but there are times where Drummond's like, you need a guy like that, and the Nets just don't have that guy right now. But yeah, with KD, I liked what I've seen lately, of course. He's been crazy efficient, and the last few games before this one, he was just putting up some amazing scoring numbers, and... I look at his body language a lot, not that I'm not like a body language expert, but I try to see like, is, is Kevin Durant, like, is he liking it here? Or is he like, you know, kind of one foot in, one foot out? But I would say like recently he has been more dialed in. I think ever since Steve Nash left, especially he's been more, I don't want to say motivated, but just seems like he's enjoying it more. That's, that's basically the whole thing for the whole team is that the Nets have seemed like they enjoy playing together as compared to when Steve Nash was the coach. And I do think... I know he's not the best coach in the world, but I do think Jock Vaughn for what he's been given and the entire situation and, and being an interim head coach for a bit, um, I guess he technically is. I know they signed him for the rest of the year and next year, but still, Jock Vaughn did not come into this year expecting to be the Nets head coach that early on. 
I think he's done a pretty good job for the most part. There are times where he'll put in some like three guard lineups and it's very confusing. But the man has pretty much flat out benched Patty Mills, which I love. I mean, it's great to see. I mean, Patty Mills, he's a good locker room guy. Well, great locker room guy, but his best days are behind him and he can't stand in front of his man on defense. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, Speaking of not staying in front of their man on defense, I hate to (laughs) make that transition, but Royce O'Neal. Um, it's a mixed bag with him, to be honest with you. There are some Nets fans that really don't like Royce O'Neal and get on his case a lot, which I get because, you know, the Nets gave up a first-round pick for him, and it's like, this guy, this guy's worth a first-round pick? So I do think that's kind of built into how we look at him. Like, if he was a, a minimum free agent signing, we'd all be saying, oh, Royce O'Neal is freaking awesome. But the fact that it's a first-round pick given up for him, I get some of the uh, negative reactions to him. But I think for me personally, I have I have not been dissatisfied with Royce O'Neal, but I haven't been like overly excited either. It's kind of like I think he's doing a little better than I expected because I do think he's doing more offensively than I thought he would. He's more of a well-rounded player offensively with all the assists he's been getting and you know, even some of the shooting. I mean, he hasn't had the best shooting nights lately, but even tonight was three of six, and there are times he'll miss, like, back-to-back corner threes, and it's like, please just make one, so it gets frustrating, but, um, you know, even top of the key, he's been knocking them down. There are times where he might, like, dribble off his own foot and go out of bounds. I think that happened today early on, but, um, yeah, so there's going to be some frustrating moments with Royce O'Neal, but I do think he's pretty important to this team. I did see a stat that Katie's number one in this stat, but I think Royce O'Neal right now is number two in the NBA in the most minutes played. So, you know, Royce O'Neal, that's one of the things about him, like when the Nets got him that I liked is that he's very durable. I think the least amount of games he's ever played in a season was like 65. And he's had a season where he played like every game he had when he played like 75 games. So Royce O'Neal, you know, track record wise has played a lot of games and it's definitely been up and down for him this year but I have not been like super disappointed like some people are but I do get it because the first round pick was attached to his name Nick Claxton did get in early foul trouble he finished with uh five actually you know, there's a lot of guys with fouls on this team Royce O'Neal had five somehow KD had zero that's odd um yeah Claxton five Royce O'Neal five Joe Harris fouled out with uh six obviously uh, Kyrie had three but wow Kevin Durant getting no fouls is pretty crazy um but yeah Nick Claxton had some really nice plays in the fourth quarter um he had a good first half too but I think the fourth quarter especially I think that's when that block happened on Siakam that I talked about he blocked it out of bounds towards the Nets bench and um he had a couple alley-oops He had one where he got an offensive rebound. This was kind of around the time the Raptors were making a bit of a run. Not that I took it seriously and and thought the Nets were going to blow the game. I never felt that way at all. But, um, you know, Claxton did get a pretty nice offensive board. He dunked it. Of course, he stared in the crowd for about 10 seconds, then got back on defense, which is something he loves to do for some reason. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. He was a plus 14. He had three blocks, actually. So, wow, I mean, Claxton has been really good. Um, you know, with being a help defender this year, I think he's up there in the most dunks in the NBA and up there in the most blocks. I don't know where he ranks, but he's definitely like top 10, top five, even Joe Harris got to talk about him five of seven from three. He has looked good the past three games here. I think after, I don't know what game he was really bad in. I mean, there were definitely a few this year, but I think the last bad game he had, I, I like to listen to net spaces on Twitter after games sometimes, like, you know, when I'm not doing the podcast, mostly during weeknights, um, and they were going in on Joe Harris, and I get it. Like, he has not looked good, and people are saying trade him, and can we get John Collins for him? And eh, maybe, you know, maybe it happens, but um, 
Joe Harris playing well is the best thing for the Nets. It ups his trade value. And even in the event that Joe Harris stays on this team, which I do think it's possible he does. I mean, Sean Marks loves the guy, obviously. Um, if he's playing like this, I mean, it's a big help. Joe Harris playing with confidence and shooting with confidence and, and playing and looking healthy. Um, that helps the team a lot. Four assists today for Joe. Did have the six fouls, but a plus 17. I think that was the highest on the team. Yes, it was. So Joe definitely gave them some good minutes. And I think defensively, Joe has been like pretty good. I would say definitely better than Royce O'Neal. I think Joe has definitely shown more aggression especially on switching screens he is not like I feel like some guys on defense not to point out any names but some guys don't fight through screens Joe Harris has done a good job of that being physical against screens this year and getting through so I do like what I've seen from Joe Harris lately and I just hope he keeps it up Kyrie Irving I mean I don't want to say it was his best game of the year but I would say his best game since returning from the uh what was it a six game seven game absence but um yeah Kyrie I think has scored 20 plus points in like seven straight games now 27 for him tonight 10 of 17 shooting two of five from three five of seven at the line which Kai come on it's not good enough <laughs> um I'm just kidding five rebounds and five assists had two steals and a lot of plays where it was the typical like like, ooh, ah, like, you know, Kyrie doing some highlights and, you know, balls on a string and he just made some guys look silly, some awesome layups, those plays where he would just dribble between two defenders and just like get through a tight window or tight seam and just, you know, make a crazy layup. Like it was just, I love seeing that stuff from Kyrie. I know it's not like team basketball, quote unquote, but I think Kyrie did fit in with the team tonight. I mean, we did see a good mixture of Kyrie highlights and we saw a good mixture of Kyrie playing like, you know, with the offense. It wasn't just the Kyrie show. There were times because the Raptors, they loved the pressure, you know, at half court and things like that, where Kyrie just got past his guy and it was game over for them. So I wouldn't press Kyrie at half court personally. I don't have the uh, physical build of a Scotty Barnes or a Pascal Siakam or something like that. But I personally would advise against, you know, pressing Kyrie at half court. Markeith Morris, only three points, one of two from downtown. Uh, played 12 minutes. He was a minus eight, so that's definitely not that great. But uh, yeah, Markeith, he's going to have his games where it's like, oh, you know, Markeith, he's still got something left. And then like he'll play like three games where he doesn't look good and then have that one game where it's like, oh, he's pretty good. And, you know, tonight was one of those games where it was like, oh, he's not that good. So that's kind of what you're getting with the Markeith Morris experience. Kyrie's on the podium. Is that his kids? I didn't know Kyrie. I thought Kyrie's kids were younger. I don't know. I'm sure the Nets social media will treat that out. I have the game on in front of me or like the post game and Kyrie's at the podium with two kids i don't know i guess we'll find out but back to Kyrie, real quick it was nice to see him look like a superstar he definitely looked like that tonight um you know he led the nets in shots by a lot that's actually funny the guy with the second most shots tonight was tj warren who we're getting to next but that's kind of funny like tj warren had more shots than kd tonight and played 17 minutes compared to Katie's 38. It's just pretty wild. But uh, yeah, love seeing that from Kyrie. Um, the Nets are better with Kyrie. So I, I, I love during that stretch when he was out and the Nets were winning games. People were like, oh, the Nets don't need Kyrie. They're better without him. And it's like, shut up. Like, it's, no. Um, anyway, Markeith Morris, as I mentioned, like, you know, not one of his days. TJ Warren. Came in, knocked down his first shot. He played 17 minutes, as I mentioned, 5 of 11. Couple of close misses. I thought he could have been better than 5 of 11, but, you know, some bounces didn't go his way. 0 of 2 from 3. Did not get to the line. He had 3 offensive rebounds. We love that. 4 rebounds total. 1 steal. 
he was a plus eight and 10 points total. Obviously, health is a big thing. The guy, I think, coming into tonight played four games the last two seasons combined. So it's not a guarantee that TJ Warren makes it through the season. But if he does, and he gets better from this, because obviously this is not the ceiling for TJ Warren. This is his first game in a very long time. He is going to be a huge contributor to this Nets team. Like He might be in the top five of important players for this team. You can make the argument. It's KD, it's Kyrie, it's Ben. Who would be next? I mean... I guess Claxton's development is pretty important. Joe Harris, guys like that. But I think TJ Warren's right in that next tier. Like, he's right there. If TJ Warren returns to that guy that he was, I don't want to say in the bubble because that's kind of unsustainable. But, like, if he was, like, 80, 75% of the bubble version of TJ Warren, I mean, that's huge. And that's coming off the bench. And able to give KD more rest and just giving you an extra big body guy that can create his own shots and come in, play pretty good defense, which I was surprised. He was a guy, I think he had maybe one bad defensive rep in the fourth quarter. Siakam took him off the dribble baseline going to his left and he got called for a foul. But still, I mean, I think for not playing in so long, I think TJ looked really good. So I leave this game looking you know, pretty optimistic about, you know, his future with this team. And I know it's a one-year deal. So, I mean, <laughs> we just got to get through this year. It's one game. But I would say for what we saw in his Nets debut, it was very good. Edmund Sumner, I mentioned him, made some very tough layups in this game. Had three steals. I think there was a span in the second quarter where he had like three of them in like two minutes. It was crazy. So, yeah, Sumner did unfortunately have the injury. I did look up what it was. So, the Nets tweeted, Edmund Sumner is out for the remainder of the game due to a right glute contusion which i think contusion is a fancy word for bruise which i hope you know is not that bad maybe he misses a game or two but i don't think this is something where it's like he's gone for a month i don't expect that to happen so you know sumner if he's out you might have to see patty mills so get better <laughs> i don't want to see it um but yeah edmund sumner um i've been impressed for the most part his defensive intensity is something i love seeing He's got to make those corner threes more. He was 0-3 from downtown tonight. He gets so many open looks there, especially when he plays with, like, KD and Kyrie and, you know, now TJ Warren and Joe Harris. Like, he's going to get so many open looks. He just has to knock them down. Even if he shot, like, 33%, like, made one out of three every time, I'm cool with that. But Sumner's got to keep these defenses a bit honest here. Seth Curry, 20 points. He was a plus 16. I don't know if I just said 20 points or 20 minutes. I meant to say 20 minutes, so if I misspoke, I apologize. 20 minutes for Seth Curry, 4 points, 5 assists, which is good. Had 4 turnovers, so, you know, Curry does play with the ball in his hands a good amount with this team now, so... It makes sense. Two of two at the line. Um, yeah, he wasn't that great. He was 0 of 2 from 3, but his plus minus was the second best on the team. So I guess we'll take that. The next guy we're getting to had a minus 18 as his plus minus. I'm sure you guys, if you watched this game, <laughs> you probably know who I'm talking about. And no, it was not Patty Mills. He did not play once again. But uh, we'll get to him in a second. But Seth Curry, um, we've seen it with Seth now. He's kind of like doing what I said about Markeith Morris, where we'll have like one really awesome game and is one of the main reasons the Nets win. But then Seth Curry will kind of just have like three bad games in a row and not be too impactful. And I do think some of that is injury and just maybe rust. And some matchups for him are just not that good. Like when they played the Magic the other night and Bull Bull got... 
um, switched onto him. Seth Curry tried to step back and it got blocked. Like there's just there's just certain matchups when he plays these teams with length where it's like that's just not Seth Curry's game. So the Nets will need him at times. Like I remember against the Clippers, he carried the Nets. You know, at LA, there was another game recently where he uh, he had a great shooting night. I forget what it was now, but Curry's had like two or three awesome games since coming back. So I'm not worried about him. It's just stay healthy is the main thing. Cam Thomas, this is the one uh, I wanted to talk about. So I do think what happened was, I think Joe Harris either fouled out in the early fourth or he got his fifth foul in the early fourth, and they had to bring in Cam Thomas. And Cam Thomas did not look very good. He looked like the one guy that stuck out tonight in a very negative way. Cam is very young. I don't want to give up on him. He's like 20, 21 years old. I think he's barely 21, if I remember correctly, but... Not a guy I want to give up on. Of course, he might have to be included in a in a trade package if they were to get a bigger name at the deadline and attach a draft pick or two. But um, yeah, Cam Thomas has a bright future in terms of scoring, but when it comes to playing as a team, which the Nets have definitely kind of gravitated towards since Jock Vaughn took over, we haven't seen some great Cam Thomas moments. Now, the funny part is when Jock Vaughn first took over, um, it started in that Wizards game. It was the second game that Jock Vaughn was the head coach for. It was at Washington. The Nets won that game by like a million points. I think they won by like 25 or 30. But Cam Thomas had like his coming out party. Like he had a great game and he followed that game up with a really good game. And we're thinking like, oh, because remember when, you know, Steve Nash was the coach for his last few games or so, or actually the entire season, basically Steve Nash's first games this year before he got fired, he was not playing Cam Thomas. And us as a fan base, we're like, what the hell's going on? Like, why can't you play Cam Thomas over Patty Mills? Which I still would, by the way. But, you know, why can't Cam Thomas get any type of run? And maybe Steve Nash was on to something. I don't want to give the man credit, but it just seems like Cam Thomas has a lot of trouble fitting in with this team right now. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the immaturity or just the way he played at LSU or whatever. It just, there are some times where he makes really impressive plays. Like the the two points he had tonight, he was one of three. The two points he had tonight were the shot clock was down to like one and he made this awesome floater from like eight feet out. And it should have been an one, by the way. But you know, there are times where Cam looks really good, but then there's also times where he'll take like a very ill-advised three-point shot. Like he did that against, I don't know if it was the Wizards game or the game before that. There was like, I think maybe Kyrie was diving on the floor and made a good play and got the ball out. And, you know, the crowd was getting hyped and I get it. Like you want to shoot a three in that, sh- in that point to get the crowd out of their seats and, and, you know, just gain the momentum. But he took a, a stupid three-point shot where I think Katie was open and, I don't know. I just think Cam Thomas just has to get a bit smarter with some of these decisions. And even the defense was pretty bad tonight. Um, I would say him and Royce O'Neal stuck out in a pretty bad way defensively. So, yeah, I don't want to give up on Cam Thomas. He's way too young to do that. But I, for at least this year, unless like he really makes a big turnaround mentally and just the way he plays the game stylistically, I don't think Cam Thomas will be a big contributor to this team. He will have his games, you know, maybe towards the end of the season when guys start getting more breaks and hopefully the Nets have a good enough record where they where they can start the rest guys. But like being a big contributor in the playoffs this year, I don't see it happening. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just don't think 
um, Cam Thomas is at that point in his career right now. But anyway, um, yeah, it's pretty much going to do it. We went over everybody. Uh, hopefully, Ben Simmons is back soon. He's out for a minimum of three games, and I do think the Sunday game versus Boston would be the third game. So after they play Sunday, they don't play until Wednesday. So maybe it's that game or maybe they just keep them out until the uh, home stands over. They play the second half of a back to back on the road at Indiana, which is next Saturday, December 10th. So maybe that's the target day. But luckily, it doesn't sound like the Simmons injury is that bad. It just sucks because he was playing at such a high level when he got hurt. I mean, you can tell during the game he got hurt. He definitely didn't look that good and something was a bit off um and that's probably what it was it was the same knee soreness that kept him out in the game versus the uh was it the lakers or something i don't know the, one of the west coast trip games he was out with the left knee soreness and i think he missed some games earlier too but yeah i mean ben simmons i mean having not played since june of 2021 coming into this year I wasn't naive and expected him to play 82 games this year. There were going to be times that Ben Simmons missed games this year. It just sucks that it happened now because he was just starting to get right and get back to the old Ben Simmons. And hopefully he recaptures that. I feel a lot more confident about him now than I did even a month ago. So hopefully Simmons does get back soon because the Nets do need him. By the way, I'm looking at ESPN right now, the Nets schedule. Did you know that every single game for the Nets this year, their high, their leading score in each game has either been Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving? Like, I don't know if another team has that, where only two guys have been the top scorers for every game. And Kyrie missed, like, seven games. I don't think KD's missed a game yet. You know, knock on wood, hopefully he stays healthy. Um, But, yeah, it's I'm looking down the list right now. I don't see another name here. I mean, Durant led in points for, like, a 10 or 11-game stretch. It's insane. Um, So, yeah, I'm not saying KD's MVP, but I would say he's got to be, like, near the top five right now. The Nets have to win more, obviously. And if they somehow beat the Celtics on Sunday, that would be awesome because I despise the Celtics. They swept the Nets last year, and although it was a uh, competitive sweep, it was still a sweep. And I did really want to see how Ben Simmons looked on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, so it sucks that he's out for this game, but... You know, they have three other matchups with them, so hopefully he's back by that point. Anyway, the Nets do play, as I mentioned, next Saturday versus Indiana. That might be a good time for my next video, so it might be a week. They play the the, the day before that, a Friday versus the Hawks. I don't know. I'll talk to you guys next weekend, though, for sure. Probably not um, during the week, but definitely after the Atlanta game or the Indiana game. So I hope you guys enjoyed the video. The Nets are getting better. They're looking better. Um, if they beat Boston, I might make a instant reaction if they beat Boston because I'll be so excited. I know it's football night and I'll be making a Giants reaction, but I might hop on here and make like a, you know, five, 10 minute video and just, you know, be really happy. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you guys next time.